What about that couple in the pub? Christians, oh, yeah. weren't they, right? They're running a pub, yeah. in comes these guys, they start swearing and they get banned. Yeah. Throw them out, no swearing at our pub. Yeah, and now, then the Christian now, couple get thrown out now themselves. Now she's been sacked yeah. because it was an unpopular decision. People, no one, people no. need to swear. People they? need to go somewhere where they can rent, I suppose. Yeah, but why, would, why do people need to swear? I mean, I've never sworn. Yeah. You're a good boy. Well, I might yeah. be, but I've never sworn. I've never had a, a, an inkling a lot to of, swear. A lot of people have sworn at you. I mean, you're, you're a VAG inspector. Oh, well, <laughs> yeah. I'm one of the people who kind of keep that quiet, you know. No, yeah. no, I mean, I've had people thank well, me and praise me. Yeah. You know. Well, I think they should have, you know, pubs, special pubs for people who like to swear a lot. That's every pub, isn't it? That's <laughs> every, every pub no, there is. What they should do is, like, with cigarettes, cigarettes, they force them to go outside the pubs. They yeah. can swear, they can swear. Go outside. They can go outside and swear. They can swear and have a fag. I can't even say that word B-U-M. I have to say bottom. Yeah. Oh, bottom, bottom. Oh, yeah. wash your mouth yeah. and soap. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome to Saffron Planet. Uh, we welcome everybody again, and that was just Norman giving us some insights into what he thinks about swearing. Well, there won't be any swearing on our programmes, but we do swear that we will bring you some really interesting topics. Um, okay, well, welcome to the Saffron Planet show, and we have. Um, Firstly, we're starting off with Simon asking a question um, about Christianity. It's, uh, it, it provokes quite a, an animated discussion. Uh, followed by Louis, he's going to finish his talk on sex. Then you'll hear a bit more about who actually is Saffron Planet. We'll be introducing ourselves. And then we're finishing with a piece on films, popular culture, films from a Christian viewpoint. Sounds very interesting this week. Yeah, it's a real a mixed bag. So let's start with Simon's question. Isn't it a weird story? And isn't it... It, it, is. it sounds yeah, like very a very weird. human story. It could be almost be a Hollywood film. Yeah, why would it... Well, yeah, exactly. So why would God make things so... Well, I mean... You've got to think of God in terms of seeing everything in one, in one go. He doesn't, he's not restricted to time and space as we are. We're walking through time seeing things happen. God, if God looks at the whole of the creation yeah. and time as almost like a single map, yeah. and he knows what's everything's going on all the way through, we're experiencing it with our limited dimension of actually time and space. Yep. God's looking on the whole picture, and he sees what happens, he sees what's required, so he sees the fall, he sees the... Yeah, but it's all very weird, sun. because on the very... On the, I'm not denying it's on weird. The very general, <laughs> on the very, it's very general weird. level, why would, why would God even create an earth? Because really, how many, there's like, okay, so there's been a few billion people in history, there's like, let's say, I don't know, why even why go to the trouble of doing this? Because why? the world's going to end, yeah. so that'll be the end of that biblical story, then it'll be... Yeah, then we'll no, creating, he's creating a new heaven and a new earth. Yeah, with no... With fallen heaven and earth. With, with nothing bad, nothing evil. No, well, how boring, it, just, it got, seems no, a bit of a boring thing to do. No, it's, it's, it's not, it's why, it's not I, boring. I think it would be. If you lived you lived in an environment where evil was part of your daily life, then you would you'd be dying for heaven. But evil you know, is everywhere. Though, but, I think. Yeah, but, but there is in the yeah. fallen world, yeah. which was you know a, a, as a result of the rebellion of, of uh, Lucifer, who became Satan. Right. My theory about right. why God bothered no, him. That, that's, that was it. The fall. God knew that would happen because he knew the imperfection of yeah. of the beings he created. My theory yeah, about I why God, that. my theory yeah. about why God ever bothered in the first place. That's the good question. Which is, 
why, if there was going to be lots of harm and upset for people, even though there was some good stuff, what was the point? Why didn't God just not do any of it and just yeah. be God and have angels? My theory is, God yeah. is love, and God wants to love people and wants to have something to love. It's not that we're his toys. That makes sense. We're not here. That's why he's given us free will. Actually, what yeah. his, so we're what, not robots. What he's done is, through love, he has given us an amazing opportunity, and he's made it as simple as he can, as it can be for him. And he, he wants us to know him because actually that, what we can get from that, the opportunities that can come through that are amazing. Um, but for us to have that option, we have to choose it. You know, I'm against forced marriages that you get in very, some other religions and some other cultures because you don't choose to love that person. And similarly, God wanted us to choose to love him so that we could have a proper relationship um, and that involved free will. But it all comes down to the fact that for God to love, he has to really have made some, something to love, and he wants to share love. And he it, wants this, that love to be from the, the individual, mm, not yeah, not forced or, or part of a robotic creation. And rather yeah. than life being a game, it's actually an opportunity that God gives um, at, through through his love. Yeah. And that's the Basically, reason. In, in our lives, we it. choose either to follow God or not to follow God. And God's really only interested in those who are interested in him. You know, if, if we're gonna, if he was gonna live eternally with his people, as you know, as what heaven is going to be. As much information. Yeah, and then it gives us the opportunity to, to join him. Sounds and like a really yeah. insecure sort of God, though, and a very selfish God. That he he he's like he wants to create these people that would love him, um, and but for their good and then well, the, yeah, well I don't know about that. I mean, there's plenty of people that hate living and. Uh, um, babies. The, the guy in the newspapers day that killed his his own baby after like how many weeks? Like, oh yeah, disgusting. Um, what about that little baby? I mean, and lots of things like that. that. Yeah, um, I have a personal assurance that that baby's that baby is with God. Yeah, that baby's not being judged. But why? Yeah. Because okay, what about because adults? Baby, there, I think, had, I the baby wasn't old enough to have free will to, to, to create his own environment. Okay, what about yeah. adults that do have free will but will never hear the gospel? Um, on in Africa or th- in, on desert islands, and you know, I think people. I think everybody will be given the chance to yeah, sometime, yeah. even if yeah. it's in their last moment. No, even, yeah. Yeah. even if Jesus speaks to them audibly, they are, before they die, we don't know. See, we, we don't, don't know. know. We don't know. Who does, all you've got to understand is that yeah, God is righteous. God, 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 <laughs> God is not, no, not setting rule. God wants everyone to be with Him. And and he he's not, he's not gonna, he doesn't give he us all. He does. Everyone, chance everyone will get an equal chance. He does. He does. He, does. he, does. he doesn't. Though. But as Howard he says, does. we don't. We don't understand. We, not equal. We can't get into the head of every single person. Whatever that individual requires, he will give everybody their best shot for them personally to make the choice. If they ultimately choose not to go with him, then they'll walk away from him into outer darkness. They'll either walk towards his light. By their own free will, or they'll turn their back on him, and they're going to be out of darkness. So, okay, so what, what, what about children that um, grow up in like, um, Muslim society that are trained to be suicide bombers in their teens, and they go and, and kill themselves? People know. Um, at what point do they get given a chance to not only get a chance to hear the gospel which would be impossible in their lifetime well all, all, the, all, um, all the original christians none of them heard the gospel mm. because it hadn't, it hadn't been written down yet mm. so all they had was the old testament but i mean um but they lived it they knew 
w- w- the cards were on the table, they mm. could see what was being offered, mm. but a lot of people don't get to see or see it so late in their lives that they can't mm. really make a decision. Then, well, that, that's according to our view. That's according mm. to our hu- limited human yeah. view. But I, I know that he's a very merciful God. Mm and that he will give everybody the chance the to hope. choose. That's the well, that, that, no, I, that's, that's the, the basic the God human God I need to have um, the, the, a righteous... The, the, yeah, but the God I believe in, is the most yeah. merciful God. Yeah. But he doesn't force people to love him, because you can't force people to love you. Yeah. And you can't force people to follow you. And, uh, I mean, I know my mother, my mother, just before she died, mm. I mean, you know, I came back from California, you know, Christian, I found all books ripped up and all sorts of things, <laughs> and a little, and a, I bought a watch from a Mexican shop, I remember that, it was like black face, and every, on the hour, Jesus would appear, and it, that disappeared, <laughs> I don't know what happened to that, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love that, a little bit of Christian kitsch, um, but before she died, she said, I want what you want, I want what you've got, and I know that was enough for her, it wasn't like she's near the gospel, she mm. wasn't given a mm. deep understanding of the theology mm. or the arguments, mm. she just knew ultimately I want what you want, and yeah. I, I, that gave, gives me great hope that she's, yeah. got, that she's, that she's where she is, yeah. only because of that, that one thing, she didn't yeah. quite know what it was even, yeah. so but the, the desire to want that... Mm. I think is honoured by God, and, 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 you, and you don't know what people do on their deathbed. No, no one just can don't know. know. No, no one knows. I, know. I can tell you, lots of people I know have gone mm. to heaven, but I can't tell you anybody that's definitely gone that hasn't. But people that don't necessarily understand that the Bible says that the only way to heaven is through the acceptance of Jesus Christ as Saviour. Right. People that don't necessarily understand the te- that technicality on their deathbed. Um, well, well then, that's how it is. Jesus could appear to them. Yeah, he could appear to them yeah. and speak, and to then them. they'll know. He's yeah. seen, he's seen Jesus. Jesus. He did it to Paul, mm. the yeah. apostle. Mm. But there's a bit in the Bible where it says, because I remember um, Christian asked me Different way, everybody, everybody yeah. I know that's become a Christian has come to it differently. I know. I don't know any yeah. two people that have become Christians mm. the same way. Yeah. But I, I just imagine this, this, because there's like a house in like um, Iran at this point, exactly the same conversations happening but with Islam. Well, I'll tell you um, what, though, the same I'll tell you what, though, there are, there are real Christians in Iran, and they have a very tough time. Yeah. They have experiences like us. Okay, so that was uh, quite a long rambling discussion. Hopefully there's plenty for you to think about there, and uh, we'll, have, we'll be having a lot more of that in, in future programmes. Okay, so now we've got our next section now. What are we doing next? I think this is the final... Um of the three-parter where Louis is um, trying to talk to young people about sex really and commitment and the the promises that we made and and why God has given us that that gift Um, and I must say it's been really fantastic. Now the other um, word used frequently for sexual immorality in lots of other Bibles is adultery. It says that um, it describes the marriage relationship as it were as one flesh it says what God has joined let no man separate when you join yourself you don't just say oh you know you'll do for the next couple of years you're saying that I will love you forever while I am on this earth and you're saying that in the presence of God and if you break that promise you're also breaking a promise that you made with God so it really is a good idea and important to keep yourself to that person the human body is described um, in Corinthians chapter 6 as um, a temple of the Holy Spirit. And the thing is, when you sin against your own body, when you sin um, in the ways you use sex, 
you are abusing a house of the Holy Spirit. Now, if I went up to um, my local church and graffitied all over it with some filth and then took an axe to a couple of windows, smashed it up a bit, it would not show much respect, would it? But the thing is, physically, we house the Holy Spirit. So similarly, when we misuse our bodies, whether it be sexual or anything, that is, in effect, what we're doing. It brings dishonour to God. Now, I suppose the next question is, what can be done about it, you know? Um, we can't go back in time, we can't stop what's happened, we can't change the past, what am I going to do? And how does God see me now that I've, in effect, as it were, as I was saying, brought dishonour to him or to his name? I think a good example of um, how God deals with our sin is um, how Christ works in John chapter 8 verse 7 um, when a woman has been accused of adultery and is about to be stoned she's about to be stoned to death and Jesus asked those about to throw the stones let he who is without sin cast the first stone what he's saying is any one of you that has never sinned then you can chuck it you know if you've never done anything wrong then go for it now the fact is none of them could say they were without sin and left another interesting point is Jesus Jesus was without sin he by his own definition could have had the right to throw a stone but he doesn't he doesn't he goes up to the woman and says I am the light of the world if, if you follow me you won't be stumbling through the darkness the fact is she helps she offers advice um, she asks the woman to follow him and to follow his ways and to accept him as Lord and that is what we need to do we need to understand what we've done wrong. We need to tell God that we're sorry. And we need to try our hardest to follow his ways again. The fact is none of us, none of us can stand in the presence of God as we are now and deserve it. God knows that. When God gave us free will, um, he witnessed the horrors we do with it, the wars we cause, um, the ways we fight with each other, the things we do with our bodies sexually that are just completely not what God wanted. He saw that, and he knew that the people that he created because he wanted to know were no longer worthy of him. So he came down as Christ and died for those sins. Now what does dying for sins mean? It's a term that's obviously used heavily um, in churches and by Christians. But to those that aren't Christians, or to those that have been raised but haven't really talked or thought about it much, it's quite a confusing saying, dying for someone else's sins. What, what right does that person have? And the way I think about it is, um, I, I marry it with that saying, if you want a job done right, if you want a job fixed, do it yourself. And I think when God saw what we were doing wrong, he thought, oh right, okay then, I need to fix this, and only I can do this. So he came down, willingly came down as Jesus, as a man in human form, and suffered death. Now when he was on that cross, he was separate from God and experiencing... Um, what mankind brought into the world when he sinned and when he was separate from God our sins were put on his shoulders it says in Isaiah 53 verse 5 he was wounded for our transgressions and it carries on to say with his stripes i.e. with the wounds that he has we are healed now when we sin we do damage and taint our hearts and God doesn't want that because a tainted damaged dark heart isn't the heart God wants to enter but when we accept Christ he redeems us it says I will create in him a new heart 
and this heart is created, it's a cleaned one. It is one, it's very much restoring us to how Adam and Eve were in the very beginning. They were pure of heart. And what that enabled them to do was to stand in the presence of God. God made us because he wants to know us. He wants us to be in his presence. And part of that was giving us free will, which we frequently misuse, especially when it comes to sex. I just want to sort of round off this talk by saying that what we should do, what we should do when we think we've done wrong, when we can feel something in our heart saying, you know, that wasn't right, is that we should confess it to God. We should say to God, I really messed up here and I'm really genuinely sorry. And when we're genuinely sorry and we accept what Jesus has done, then those sins are put back on that cross and they are separate from God and your heart is made clean again. Those things that tainted your heart are removed and they're put in a separate place, a place that is separate from God so that you can now stand with him. I just want to finish this talk um, with a short prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you that even though we do things wrong, you're still there, you still love us. You still see us as your beautiful creation just your beautiful creation that has done wrong. And Lord, that you came down and sorted that out when you died on that cross. Lord, I just want to pray for anyone listening that has maybe thought about sex in a new light, or maybe has been made aware of areas of their life where they have got things consistently wrong. Lord, I just pray that you open up their heart and help them to confess to you what they've done and to understand that you still love them. Right. Well, thank you very much for listening um, to this talk. I hope it's made you think about sex possibly in a new light. Maybe helped you answer any questions you have. Now, on the website, I think there's a contact, um, a list of sort of contacts, email addresses. So if you have any questions, do please email in. Good night and God bless. Thank you very much. Right, well, thanks, Lou. That's been such an amazing um, set of talks. That was him wrapping that up. And I hope you gained a lot from that, because I, I really did, actually, and I'm not a teenager. So that was really great. Yep, um, a teenager with a big dollop of maturity. Absolutely. Thing. And mm. we're going to do some introductions now, aren't we, Nick? Yeah, so the next bit needs no introduction. That's right. Should we just go around like that? Starting with Why Louis. Is Louis. Why is it always time with Louis? Start with oh, I'll start with you, then. I don't really want to start. <laughs> Dad, Dad, start speaking. Uh, I'm Howard Worth, and you're listening to Saffron Planet, where we discuss matters dealing with a suffering planet. My name is Steve Maltz, and to me, Saffron Planet is just communicating in a way that no one else seems to be doing as Christians to the world. I'm Simon Maltz, and you're listening to Saffron Planet. Um, for me, it's all about debate, interesting topical debate, not necessarily um, politically correct, not always uh, relevant, but always Exciting. a good laugh <laughs> and well worth your subscription fee, <laughs> which is free. <laughs> It's worth nothing. It's <laughs> <laughs> not worth anything. It's worth what you pay for it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, I'm Johnny, I guess. And you're listening to Saffron Planet. 
and I hope you enjoy it, really. Honestly mean that. Um, yeah, from the bottom of my heart. Right, my name's Louis Worth, um, and for me, Saffron Planet is just a really good opportunity to be honest um, and have a good chat and discuss with each other about lots of different things, um, hopefully in a way that's entertaining and relevant, um, but ultimately is very honest and doesn't really mind... No, that doesn't make sense. But mainly... Oh! (laughs) (laughs) That's it, that's it. My Louis Worth, over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'd love his t- t- one to end with a beep. It just last it. Okay, those were the men involved in Saffron Planet. Of course, there's the uh, what I would call the whams. You've heard of wags, but where the wives and mothers of the chaps. Uh, and of course, I'm Monica. I'm Steve's wife. There's Maria, who is also Steve's wife, who does all the technical, the other Steve, yeah, does the technical stuff for us. And, of course, Kim um, is Howard's wife. And Kim, of course, we've heard Kim talking on education because she's a teacher. uh, Yeah, assistant head teacher at her school. Uh, So we've heard um, Kim's input as well. Okay, so we now have our final section. Uh, We're looking into popular culture and its films from a Christian viewpoint. So, over to the gang. Popular culture. Popular culture, what is it? Exactly. What is it all about? How does it impact our lives? And how do we delineate one section of popular culture? And how do we say the word delineate? <laughs> That's <laughs> right. <laughs> I'd like to be able to say the word delineate. Yeah, okay. Without defining it. That's right. That's Did you know, yeah. in America, there is a huge push in like the megachurches to make films like normal sort of blockbuster films oh yeah and there's one about billy graham that's coming out in a few months mm. there's one um about marriage called fireproof there's all these proper like yeah. multi multi million man there's this one guy who did the whole gospel of jesus set in space what yep yeah. and um, there's all these all yeah. to the oh, mega i don't know mega churches is part yeah. of their time yeah. and they get yeah. they put together these massive sort of blockbuster style films yeah. Yeah. with a christian message and it's yeah. not like the passion of the christ yeah. it's just a weird They've done loads. They used to do a lot of the left behind type ones with the uh, apocalyptic thriller oh, type right, yes, genre. Yeah. And that bloke, Kurt Cameron, you know, oh, the way no. the master, he's been on a lot of those films. Yes, he's doing quite a lot. Um, that Simon's secular actor who's now Christian, Gary Boosie. Gary Boosie, oh, yeah, he's, he's in a few of those films as well. Yeah. So what, what's yeah. the, are they a good idea? Is it worth? Is it a good oh. use of their money? Is it a good? Is it a good thing? Well, it's to probably do? how good the product is, really, isn't it? But I've oh, never seen any of them. Well, if they can do for the Christians what Mel Brooks did for the Jews, I think it's a great idea. <laughs> yeah. In fact, that, for the Jews. that <laughs> biblical space thing, he did already oh, with, space with space balls, balls oh, and right. Right, Jews yes. in space. Jews in space. But um, space. no, there's like, I'd sort of, if you see these, I saw one, which is all right, but again, sort of similar with some of the Christian music you listen to, it's just a pale version yeah. of a good thing. Does that yeah. make sense? Mm. You go to a blockbuster film, Pretty the good. Is, and then the, Christ, it, the Christian church does a film. They say, yeah, like, they like say that the, uh, version the popular it. culture is very visual, and so to communicate with people, we have to have a film. But when you think of how many millions of dollars or tens of thousands it takes, how better could that have been used to you know, do something else in evangelism? I just wonder about the effectiveness. Well, I mean, the people watching it are the same people who are already Christians, aren't they? A lot of the... I'll tell you what film has done circuit. really well, because... Uh, through what I do, it's one of my jobs. Through um, what you do. There's a film 
called The Final Frontier and another one called The Lazarus Phenomenon. Phenomenon. And they're both about more or less the same thing about life after death with testimonies. Uh-huh. Um, sort of reenacted with sort of not very good graphics. Right. <laughs> but I tell you what, the, uh, I do the top ten of all the um, sort of Christian videos of all different types every week. Where do you do this? Uh, uh, wherever I work, somewhere. Oh, right, somewhere, somewhere or other. <laughs> and um, they uh, always in the top three or four. Every week, people love them. Oh, because well, there because they're, they're, talk, they're talking about heaven and hell, but right. it's very, very visual. And right. it's really strong evangelism, and it's non-believers that are watching it. Well, there you go. How well, do you, you, know, well, there's you know an example? How do you know talk, that? I know the bloke that, who runs the ministry, and, and Kit also did the website, and, yeah. and they're strong evangelistic tools. Yeah. No, but do they know for certain that non-believers are watching them? Yes, they spoke to every one of them, and they got a thumbs up. That's... You can't... <laughs> <all right. laughs> So you don't know whether non No, what do I know? I don't know. <laughs> so you don't know whether it's effective or not, but yeah, they're good quality. Is, yeah, and the quality isn't that good, actually. It's not oh. brilliant. And you can see it any time yourself. But, um, but I just wonder... Where that are they actually played? Where do they play these? You, it's a website called finalfrontier.org.uk. Finalfrontier. Um, and the bloke finances the whole website himself. And uh, I say it's, what I'm saying is it's not, it's not brilliant quality... But the message is quite clear and it's quite dramatic. Mm. Um, that probably is quite good use of money. But do you think it's yeah. weird though? Like as you say, the quality isn't clear, but the but the message is. Yeah. So it's, does part of you just think, well, why don't you just stick with the message? Yeah. Why, if the message is the only good part of it, yeah. Why spend a billion pounds with a well, rubbish set and well, some poor actors? I don't yeah. agree with that because mm. I think it's the. Um, the actual form is what people get into nowadays. It's not just the message. It's how they receive it. Yeah. <coughs> people are we're living in a very visual age. Unfortunately. But people are used to form being almost flawless, like having money injected into something. And when they see that something is less than flawless, they get turned off by it. Well, that's, um, a, that's yeah. if they go the, as you say, the blockbuster route. Yeah. But I think they should go more the sort of avant-garde cinema route, yeah. which is cheaper, mm. more experimental, yeah. and uh, it's got more art to it, yeah. and, and doesn't cost as much. People are really fickle, aren't they? If they don't like yeah. something within the first few seconds, there's so yeah. many alternatives, especially on the web. Yeah. It's easy to switch off and go to something else. So I suppose you have to be good within the genre that you've chosen. So what we answer. need is a Christian art house movies. Yeah, there you go. Anyone <laughs> visual here that can do that? Art house Mr. Steve. Kahama, we'll call it. Kahama, we'll call it. What you call? Christian art house movies, Kahama. Kahama. Sounds Hebrew for something. <laughs> <laughs> Probably means something rude. <laughs> 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 a Kahama cinemas. Yeah, we have a um, Hebrew scholar behind you. Is that yeah. a rude word in Hebrew? <laughs> 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 All right, but it's, it's the thing that the church needs to sort of... Kak. <laughs> no, Kahama. Christian art house. <laughs> well, we, yeah, we'd do it. Be kak. Kak. Probably would be. Kak movies. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> You've been listening to Saffron Planet, who are the Maltzworth and Jeffrey families and friends. Thanks also to Norman for his contribution. And it's been produced and edited by Steve Maltz, music by Howard Worth, mixed by Steve Jeffrey. And you can listen to more of our chats on Saffron